0: Salutations and Ave, welcome to another episode of Babylon Rising. is more to everything than following a bunch of old rules? is more to everything than following a bunch of old rules? Old rules? is more to everything than following a bunch of old rules? Old rules? A show on the subjects of sexuality, creativity, and occultism, in case you didn't know or you forgot uh it feels great for me to be back, as I am of the one producer of this show, um of course, alongside the help of patreon patrons. but that being said, if I am unwell for any reason, it's not as if the podcast can continue on without me so. I think uh, despite the long hiatus or long absence that I have been taking, uh, unintentional to be honest, this first episode since I have been back to produce the show I feel like is going to be a really great one as I am very excited to discuss with you a subject that I have been thinking very, very deeply about for a while now and that is the subject of the spiritual body or conceptualizations of spiritual bodies Uh, what do i mean by that exactly so i'm using the term and the term has uh, a different origin that i will get into but i am using the term to refer to the way that uh practitioners of various kinds in various different paths conceptualize um the aspect of ourselves which interact with or exist on the level of the symbolic or immaterial if you are taking for granted the idea that uh, we make magic happen by playing with the boundaries between the physical world consensus reality if you will and also the symbolic or the metaphysical we play with these things in order to manifest our desired results, I guess, if, if we are looking for a, like, I guess, basic, uh, if that can be called basic understanding of magic. So, the spiritual body is, um, ourselves as we exist, uh, on a metaphysical level, on a symbolic level, right? Um... And so I think it's really interesting the way that different people, practitioners on their paths, have uh, come up with ideas to um, understand this aspect of ourselves. As far as the origin of the term spiritual body, um, from what I understand, it comes from Christian theology. Uh, Apparently, the Apostle Paul as far as like English translations go, because from what I understand, he would have been writing in Greek um, in his day and age, uh, either way, moving on. So the idea of the spiritual body, like I said, uh, according to my understanding, comes from Christian theology and some of Paul's writing on the subject of uh, the everlasting kingdom upon, or that gets created upon Jesus's return. Um, and, Christians, or I actually don't remember if Paul, like what Paul's theology about the saved versus the unsaved is when it comes to the everlasting kingdom, but this is not a show about Christian theology. (laughs) This is a show about occultism and witchcraft, okay, and sex, so trying not to get too distracted on that subject, but uh, he basically says that in the everlasting kingdom, we are going to have spiritual bodies. Um, Again, keep in mind the uh, factor of translation in this, um, and Christians sort of debate what that exactly means. Does it mean that we are gonna just be spirits and have no physical form? doesn't mean that we will have a body we will have a physical form and it just has uh supernatural spiritual abilities whatever um so that's sort of where the term comes from i don't really mean that i mean there are similarities in this to my idea of the spiritual body because um an important aspect of my idea of my generalization of spiritual bodies is that, sorry, I'm rolling up my sleeves, is that there is this interplay between our selves as we exist on a physical level and ourselves as we exist on a symbolic level, right? Um, and that's definitely something that seems to be of concern in the Christian theological concept of spiritual bodies. However, um, you, dear listener, may... Be wondering um why is this uh at all relevant um and why do I think about it so much uh and the reason for that being is that I think in general when it comes to uh magical or spiritual practices um having a framework uh or a way to conceptualize something can help your magic to be more effective not that something needs to be perfectly explained or understood because of course especially in the case of the occult it's about the pursuit of hidden or mysterious knowledge uh not necessarily the attainment of that uh hidden or spiritual knowledge I guess that's my opinion though um what I'm trying to say is that uh especially as a chaos magician I'm very interested in how people hodgepodge their ideas and thoughts and experiences of magic and witchcraft into some kind of personal um, yet coherent practice. Uh, And so people come up with all sorts of ideas um, on their own, inspired by larger frameworks or just uh, pursuing a path which involves adopting a particular framework that helps to aid in their practice, especially since, uh, I've been connecting this whole time, the idea of the spiritual body and magical practice, right? And the idea of, uh, your metaphysical body, your metaphysical self. Um, and so there's a lot of interplay between my idea of the spiritual body, magical practice, and, uh, Various spiritual frameworks that help people to contextualize their lives, and that's something I believe is like one of the great powers of religion in general to help people contextualize and recontextualize their life and their experiences to give them, to give themselves and their communities meaning, etc. You know, magic and uh, religion more broadly, it's very important for those reasons. Meaning making is a very powerful pursuit. It is a very powerful project um, involved in very beautiful things, art, love, community, and also very terrible things. Uh, Meaning making is uh, a power that plenty of people have used for good or for ill. All right, that being said, another reason that I think that this... Um, paying attention to the various ways that people conceptualize this aspect of magic is that it helps you understand that it is just a framework that you can choose to use or to discard or to uh, modify if you really understand how it works or what it's getting at, right? I think that's very important and I feel like that leads us into a very popular, uh, way that people conceptualize, uh, a spiritual form or spiritual body. That being the chakra system, um, which again, from my understanding, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was, uh, not invented, but you know, it was described, uh, in a way we would understand today, by Madame Blavatsky and her school. Uh, and they were inspired by yoga practices uh, that they had observed and that they had, I guess, maybe misunderstood, um, considering that the contemporary quote-unquote western idea of uh, chakras is not uh, exactly analogous to its original context but that being said the idea of the chakra system is that we have these chakras these energy points these uh flowers these sort of roots um in within ourselves that correspond to aspects of ourselves, and so you have six or sorry you have seven of them and they are located along the center of your body uh if you think of a human body being generally symmetrical along that line of symmetry you have a uh root chakra you have a sacral chakra <sighs> You have uh, a solar plexus. You have a heart chakra. You have a third eye, and you have a crown chakra. Generally speaking, there are, of course, other chakra systems. Um, that come from the original context of the chakra system. Um, there are different chakra systems there is not just the blavatsky system and people have also added chakras to the blavatsky system over time of course i'm not trying to get deep into uh chakras uh exactly i'm just bringing it up so that we can sort of think about uh think about this deeply you know uh in sort of my idea of how it frames our spiritual selves right so an interesting slash important aspect of chakras to consider is that is that chakras while they also while they make up this spiritual body um according to, to this framework they also align with our physical body not just in terms of the line of symmetry that generally exists on human body okay leaving room for like limb difference and such um but they are also meant to align with sort of uh points along the endocrine system uh the hormonal system that exists within the human body for example the throat chakra aligning with the thyroid the um uh root chakra. I always mix up the root chakra and the sacral chakra. Um, but one of these aligning with the, uh, sexual organs. Why am I being so clinical? I'm allowed to talk about sex on this podcast. Um, but I mean, I meant what I said. One of these chakras align with the genitals, all right? Um, and so on and so forth. You have, uh, the third eye, which is meant to align with the pineal gland, you know, releasing, uh, what is it, melatonin and such, right? So, connected to our, uh, sleep cycle and our dreams and stuff like that, right? So, I find that this is also a very interesting aspect of different ways that people have come up with, um, to sort of systematize the, understanding of their spiritual selves uh which is that it uh very frequently aligns with some physical reality of our human body right um and i think that is just you know chef's kiss right this is another reason why this is very relevant to magic which is to say that in magic we are playing with right the physical world and the symbolic world to manifest the results we desire and so um going back to chakras for a second chakras are something that at the very least how I learned them in the you know blavatsky esque like a uh, new age uh what's the word I'm looking for um neo wicca type framework that I learned from um, I did actually read a couple like mainstream chakra books like back when that was a thing that I practiced. Um, but so the point I'm trying to make is that chakras are something that they are meant to be balanced, right, to get certain effects in your body and in your life, right? And so we have this interplay between the metaphysical and the physical, which is to say that for example If you are having uh, trouble expressing yourself, it might mean that your throat chakra is not aligned correctly or it's not spinning correctly, right? Or it's clogged up somehow, right? And so you need to do some uh, visualizations and some meditations and some rituals to have that chakra correctly functioning so that you can express yourself properly, right? Um The same can be true if you are having trouble hearing and, like, internalizing what other people are saying to you because the third chakra is meant to correspond to communicating with others. And also, that doesn't mean just expressing yourself. That means sort of uh, engaging with other people's thoughts as well, right? Um If you have an overactive uh imagination and you feel like when you work with spirits you can see them all the time and it's disturbing to you and it's also not some other mental health issue um you know that aside you would want to again do the correct meditations and rituals so that you can have that chakra functioning correctly something else um that I've heard people describe is that maybe you have an overactive chakra system that is is co- cause, or you have an overactive chakra that is like causing another chakra to like under express itself. And so there's this whole complex system that comes with chakras, right? My phone was not on silent. I do apologize for that. Uh, so that being said, this is all very interesting and I find that it tends to come in, it tends to share aspects with other types of conceptualizing the spiritual body, right? Very interesting stuff. Um, Something that I will share is something from my family's traditions, my family being from Jamaica primarily, where... There are various folk beliefs and folk practices relating to Mayal, Obia, Poco Church, etc. There are a lot of different folk beliefs and those beliefs have very interesting origins, not just from uh, West African slaves. If you would like to hear me discuss this subject more, feel free to listen to Uh, the episode I produced on that subject, sort of Opia 101, which was very fun to produce and it's also a great listen. Um, So a a belief that I sort of have learned from my family's traditions is in the shadow self, uh, which is another way of conceptualizing your spiritual body, your shadow self. And I don't mean shadow self as in the Jungian idea of the shadow self, as in parts of your self that you cannot accept or you refuse to acknowledge, and so they live in your shadow, uh, interfering with or interplaying with your life. I don't mean that kind of shadow. The shadow self in, like, my family's folk traditions, um is, first of all, related, like, literally to your physical shadow that is cast when you are standing um, in light, right? In the path of light. So there's that uh, theme, once again, of the connection between the way you exist on a symbolic level and the way you exist on a physical level. Your shadow um, is something that is caused by your physical... Body. it has a relationship to your physicality right um and it also in in this framework has to do with your spiritual self, so like with your shadow self, if you understand um <sighs> sorry i I had a brain for a moment, but what I'm trying to say is that with your shadow self, of course, um depending on the strength of the light or the time of the day, there are, uh, I think three different shadows that get cast. Um, and each one of them sort of has a different power level and it has a different relationship to your physicality versus your immateriality. Um, and you can sort of embody your shadow, uh, your shadow self to like go do workings on people and cast magic on people and also attract uh good magic to yourself right so your shadow self is also something then you that you can embody for example in your dreams you can take your shadow form and walk around and uh speak to spirits or people can come to you in their shadow form. They can send their shadow to you, right? Uh, and this can be for all sorts of purposes for healing and for harming, right? Um, a really interesting story that I discussed on my main episode of, um, of, A great story that I discussed uh, when I discussed my Obia 101 subject was the story of a man who was, I believe, convicted of the crime of doing Obia in Clarendon, Jamaica, I believe, Shoutouts to Clarendon. That is where my mom is from. She's from Clarendon. Um, or she was born there, she didn't grow up there, whatever. Um, and so the man, he um charged this woman, I think a healthy chicken and like a shot of rum um to do obia on her brother to find out why her brother was sick. And this is the interesting part, what he says to her. Uh, And what we find out he says to her in the court proceedings is that he walked the shadow realm and he saw her brother nailed to a cotton tree. This is like what is in the court documents, um, which I link in the details of that episode. Uh, So yeah, it's there. Um, and this is interesting, so clearly this idea of your shadow self being able to be manipulated or manipulate others for, in this case, evil because, uh, the Obia man claimed that the woman's brother's shadow being nailed to this tree was what was causing his illness. So that's just very interesting to think about. Um, Something my mother would tell me uh, in part to entertain me as a child and in part to like make me knowledgeable about our family's traditions was that uh, depending depending on the sort of strength of the shadow cast, the shadow self, like also your shadow self can interact with you. Like it's not like, you're always of the same mind like your shadow self can play tricks on you um so there's also this trickster energy in the shadow self um which is also very interesting so you have um the connection to your physicality in the fact that shadows uh, are something that have a relationship to our physical body. Our physical body casts the shadow. Uh, depending on the light we are standing on, we can see it. Another idea that I was taught was that your shadow self is always there even when you can't see it. It's just that when you can't see it, it can't interact with you um, more clearly. But anyways, I'm moving on. Uh, so in terms of like reoccurring themes here, we have the idea of the relationship to our physicality and that shadows are something that our physical self our physical body casts depending on the light we are in the uh presence of um and what direction that light is coming from we have the idea of the interplay between the symbolic the immaterial and the physical and the consensus right Like the example between, the example of the relationship between the sick brother and his shadow self being come under harm, right? Uh, So very interesting stuff when it comes to the subject of the shadow self in this case. And um, supposedly the antidote for the sick man, which unclear as to whether or not the sick man recovered, um, unclear to me but apparently the diagnosis by this obia man was that he needed to to help kill this man with obia you have to unnail him from the tree right so in the case of your shadow self's harm manifesting in your physical self um the same is true the opposite direction um in that aiding your shadow self also will manifest in your physical self. So, very very interesting stuff. And again, the reason I'm getting into this subject the way I am is because um we're we're taking a brief, you know, stopover before getting to the next framework I want you to devel- to delve into, but what I'm trying to say here is that there are lots of different ways of conceptualizing the spiritual body and I do not use the chakra system um and it's very annoying to me (laughs) that sometimes it feels like uh with the way people can talk about chakras or just any uh spiritual body system uh people can talk about it as if it is uh relevant when it's not uh, or that it is, you know, the end-all be-all of this type of conceptualization, which it's not. I just don't use chakras. I don't acknowledge chakras. Chakras are not a part of my practice um, at all. <laughs> um, and, you know, despite that, I the fact that I seem to remember a lot of my chakra studies, uh, I also don't... I don't use that information anymore, uh, even though I used to. And it's not that I think that if someone were to change perspectives on this subject, like if all you were really familiar with was chakras and then now you don't use chakras for whatever reason, um, it's not that I think that that fundamentally changes, uh, what a spiritual body is, which is a way to conceptualize, this special relationship between our physical bodies and our symbolic selves uh, which always exist at the same time um apparently not always in the same place though but you know place gets kind of funky when you're talking about magic when you get into stuff like remote viewing or uh walking the astral plane or uh active imagination um Stuff like that. So like, I guess, you know, throw the thing about the place um, out the window. But generally, yeah, you're always going to have a symbolic self. How you choose to um, think about that uh, doesn't really matter. Because the main point is, my, in my opinion, that these are just aspects of ourselves which tend to be relevant when it comes to various spiritual or magical practices. It tends to become relevant to understand how you exist on a symbolic level and something like chakras can really help with that. Um, so there, keep that in mind. I think now we can move on to the idea of the astral body. Actually, I think before we, you know, jump into the astral body, I will quickly elaborate on the idea of the astral realm, which these two things are very intertwined. That's another thing that I'm not really deep diving into is the immaterial realm, the symbolic realm, which we all interact with on some level as practitioners, but which we I'm sure all conceptualize slightly differently or maybe completely differently. It doesn't really matter. And the reason I'm not getting into it is because really it's not what I wanted to focus on. But this is also relevant. If you are interested, I can create a main episode on the subject of different ways that we can conceptualize this uh, metaphysical realm, right? But like lots of things exist on the metaphysical realm um, or can exist there, uh no matter your conceptualization um but you know without getting too deep into it, I will say this, so the various the immaterial aspects of magic, spirituality, religion, they exist somehow some way, somewhere again, you know, place gets funky uh in this subject so you know try to just you know cross your eyes and don't look directly at it okay uh place is not the most relevant okay uh but what i'm trying to say is that essentially the metaphysical realm cuz i'm generalizing here is where all the metaphysical shit exists so like uh personality uh, branding, (laughs) uh, I'm trying to think of, like, reasonable things that, like, exist but not necessarily on a material level, like, nations, you know, these types of things, aggregors, thought forms, uh, deities, you know, divine beings, lots of things exist sort of, uh, exist but not necessarily in the way that uh something that is uh, entirely undeniably physical exists uh i mean this is like the realm in terms of the metaphysical realm this is the realm of like social constructs of spiritual ideas and concepts like gods and demons and such uh etc right but of course you could say that there are different levels of the immaterial realm um, in terms of how these things can manifest on the physical realm, that's the thing. The I think one of the bigger takeaways from this subject is that something that exists on the, you know, metaphysical plane tends to also have some kind of manifestation on the physical level. And something that exists on the physical level tends to have some kind of manifestation on the metaphysical level there is a relationship between these things it's not as if there's anything that like we as humans with like minds that need to perceive things it's not as if like we can interact with something that like we can like that is uh not perceptible i'm getting i'm confusing myself here but what i'm trying to say is that everything that we interact with we interact with it through sort of a film of perception which can distort things um and it's not as if we can interact with anything outside of that and that film is also a small aspect of the metaphysical because perception is not physical necessarily um right it's it's really not like the most worth it to contemplate? Like, is there something that is perceptible that is not colored by that perception? Different subject. Really, I'm getting quite off topic here. Uh, I'm going to circle back around to the subject of the astral realm, which is one way to uh, deepen our understanding of um, where all of this non-physical, metaphysical, and material shit exists. In terms of contemporary use of the term. However, the idea is actually quite old and originates with the likes of like Plato and Aristotle. Um, from what I understand, like, of older ideas of the astral plane, and I think I'm jumping around a bit, uh, because I'm mostly familiar with like uh renaissance era uh astral magic uh the idea of the astral plane is really broken down into the astral spheres or sort of the levels of the astral uh with these sort of levels corresponding to the classical planets but from what i understand um contemporary magicians do we really conceptualize the astral plane like that i feel like the idea of the astral today is more sort of uh a pure uh symbolic uh plane of existence uh and by symbolic i don't mean like i just mean that something that Uh, exists but uh, not necessarily in the most physical of manners right I think I've gotten into that already but basically a metaphysical realm where you can speak to metaphysical beings or other human people who have their astral forms because the way you traverse the astral plane is with your astral body and your the way you traverse this realm uh using your astral form is through certain kinds of out of body experiences uh either through drugs or meditation or whatever other kind of intense uh experience you can think of uh you have these special kinds of out of body experiences that allow you to astral project and so in this process of astral projection uh you can get into your astral body and traverse the astral plane flying through the stars I think actually the spacey element uh is still or like the sort of otherworldly not chthonic but I mean like uh I feel like the idea of like aliens or other beings and beings from the stars or other dimensions interacting with these things Uh, is very common to be associated with uh, astral projection and the astral realm. Uh, I also use the idea of the astral realm in my practice. I sort of have melded my understanding of my shadow self and uh, the astral plane uh, in my personal practice. And so for me as a magician, uh, I use the astral plane and my astral self uh slash shadow self to speak to the gods and demons that I worship to practice uh various rituals on that level uh and the way that I sort of practice is that I sort of through ritual at my altar usually, I open up this sort of um alignment between the astral realm and my astral self and the physical realm and my physical self. And we sort of intersect for a moment so that I am simultaneously performing ritual and magic on that astral level and on that material level um, so that it is easier for me to communicate with the demons I am working with and that ritual. So that's sort of a part of my practice, uh, that is like sort of relevant. I think it's a very good idea to, uh, practice. I mean, obviously I think it's a good idea because it's what I do (laughs) and because I don't use chakras. Okay. I don't think chakras are a bad idea at all. And obviously I've studied the sort of Blavatsky-esque, uh, chakra system, so, like I don't think it's a bad idea. I just don't use it uh, so you know, calling myself out and then you know, uh calling myself in, Yeah, right <laughs> so, um, uh, back to the astral stuff, so uh, I actually think a lot of magicians talk about their astral forms um or the astral realm, and like uh observing like other people interacting with other practitioners and people on that astral realm uh changing your astral form um talking to other beings there including uh any spirits you work work with on a devotional level uh etc uh and performing magic there it's a very good idea to pre- perform astral magic in my opinion it's actually a very good idea to have some conceptualization of uh Of course, this episode is about spiritual bodies and our spiritual selves, but also uh, conceptualizing the uh, magical realm or the immaterial realm. Uh, These are some good ideas because, well, I've already explained why that is. It's just helpful. It can help you deepen your understanding of your practice and your magic. And also it can help make it more effective if you have some kind of framework that is, uh, it has its own special kind of, magic logic, if that makes sense. Uh, (laughs) So I think I've kind of uh, said what I wanted to say about the astral. Actually, no, okay. Um, I'll finish off with drawing my parallels here, which is to say that the idea of the astral self having this relationship or demonstrating this relationship really between the physical and the immaterial, like people Astral project to go see the Eiffel Tower, for example, Uh, that is definitely an example of sort of the interplay between the physical and the immaterial. It's, you know, why does there exist an Eiffel Tower on the Astral realm? Really think about that Um, after considering the other stuff we've discussed on this episode, you know, uh and also the relationship between our physicality our physical bodies and our uh spiritual body in this case our astral body uh which is to say the way that you manifest your astral body is through um like manipulating your psychological slash I guess physiological if you're using drugs states right so there is this connection between directly between our physical form and our spiritual form in this case our astral body right that is something to consider and I do also want to touch on the idea of the aura as well um which I'm realizing kind of as we get into like more new agey stuff, they sort of take us a little slightly further away from like the magic occult stuff. I'm realizing this because, you know, I had a great time talking about uh, the astral and now we're talking about auras, which, you know, less of a great time, right? (laughs) However, auras uh, are generally described as being a sort of like uh field of like light and energy when when someone has like some kind of psychic ability and like observes your aura or I guess those aura photographs as well but I don't know anything about those um but yeah if someone has some kind of psychic ability and observes your aura Uh, Auras are generally described as a sort of ball of like light and energy which uh, encapsulate your physical form Um, and the aura is also meant to have like layers or like fields. Um, which pertain to certain aspects of our physicality, which, you know, we're seeing those same parallels over and over again, right? Um, I also think of the aura as kind of like a macrocosm of the astral in that you have the astral that has the layers which correspond to the planets. Uh, and then you have the astral, sorry, the aura that a person has, which has layers which correspond with certain aspects of our physicality. Interesting, interesting stuff. And uh, there's also, I didn't get too into the aura, uh, aura because I feel like I don't want to belabor my points here. Um, and really, we're just here to, you know, sort of talk about the, these ideas, right? Um, there's also the like general idea of the energy body, uh, which I think gets into sort of the energy model of magic which exists but like that's also not uh the main subject of this episode um but the energy body very similar to the aura and in fact I'm pretty sure there's some overlap but just the idea that we have this energetic field that surround ourselves that sort of other people and other people's energetic fields can interact with uh that we can put out certain feelings and concepts <clears throat> actually think flipping back around to the auras because I did actually used to practice with auras a lot. I used to practice observing other people's auras. Okay, I was uh a little shit okay in high school and I was a magician and I was like I am going to be so nosy um because the thing about auras is you can like learn a lot um about someone's uh mental state and stuff like that. You can learn a lot about people by observing their energy body uh or their spiritual body sorry in general like no matter your framework uh if you are some kind of uh magician you know we're talking about magic here magic is freaky as fuck so you know got me some slack here but you know no matter your framework when you are observing someone's spiritual body you can get a lot of information uh from that practice um And yeah, I used to, I used to do these experiments with my aura and like, I used to try to see if I could put off like really, really good vibes and like see if I could notice if other people noticed or they reacted differently to me when I was projecting that kind of um, energy into my aura versus uh, when I didn't do that. So those were very interesting magical experience, experiments for me as a kid. Uh that was like several several years ago now though uh so and that's another thing so like if you this is just my opinion i mean most of this was my opinion, uh, and we touched on some like general uh magical ideas that a lot of people share, but uh, I'm of the opinion that if for example, I am sort of like an aura psychic and I just you know know a lot about auras, and that's my framework. <clears throat> people's spiritual bodies are gonna all look like auras to me. Um, Not that you can't, I mean, if you're talking to another practitioner, you'll probably be able to get the sense that that's not how they see things. Like, you should be able to pick up on that. But you can still see their, like, what am I trying to say here? So, like, I just of, am the opinion that since these are spiritual bodies and we just add our own framework to this general concept um there's like a lot of flexibility about people's different frameworks interacting with each other so not to say that like you just like ram your ideas onto other people but like you will notice that that's not what they're working with usually Whether they have like a modified but similar framework or an entirely different one, you should be able to pick that up if you are, you know, a magician who's like doing your divination and like practicing your psychic skills, etc. There, it is also entirely possible to be working with multiple frameworks at once. It's possible to um, practice with chakras and also with auras, um, or practice with your shadow self and your energy body. Uh, and stuff like that. I mean, of course, I'm sure there are some ideas out there which would be entirely mutually exclusive that I just don't know about for whatever reason. I am sure that exists. Uh, I believe that 100% because I don't know everything. And I just presume that there are some special circumstances of which I am not aware. Um, But yeah, I just think it's really interesting to sort of keep in mind that all of these are a framework and a perspective that we can choose to take up uh or to twist around or to change or to modify like even with the idea of chakras um there are many 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 different chakra systems aside from the new agey blavatsky contemporary occultists uh conceptualization of them right uh there doesn't have to be 7, there doesn't have to be 8. There can be like 22 chakras. There can be 7, uh there can be 2 like and you know that's the case for other concepts of um spiritual bodies. Like you could have uh two astral bodies for whatever reason. You could have an astral body that uh corresponds to every uh astral uh sphere. Uh, and you could have, like, you know, there's just a lot of room for really interesting stuff to be going on, um, and overlapping things to be going on that I hope, you know, none of us forget in having had this very fun time of an episode, which is coming to a close by the way. So that's it for this episode. Uh, this is my first, like, uh, real uh main episode since I've been back and can I just say I'm not used to talking for this long uh quite yet uh my throat could really use a break uh also something I've been nervous about is that uh my voice is changing and I'm like nervous about how that's gonna sound uh I'm not mad about it I'm just nervous because uh I've been recording my voice for a long time uh and I'm just like nervous about how that's going to change things for this show I mean it won't really change the the main show really the ideas are still going to be the same and the intentions are going to be the same but I'll just sound a bit different I guess uh I'm, I'm rambling about something I'm sure you're maybe not the most concerned about but uh that being said it is the end of this episode of Babylon Rising uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to uh, find me on Instagram at Uh You can email me at Podcast at gmail.com. You can actually find me on TikTok. And I guess I'm on TikTok more than I'm on Instagram, but my handle is the same. It's just venus.labitna, which I will have linked in the description. Uh, thank you so much uh, for the support that... My patrons uh, continue to provide for me. This show really wouldn't be what it is without you. Uh, If you're listening and you would like to contribute to the Patreon, uh, that's also linked in the episode description below. But until next time, Ave Babylon.